Bobby, what's wrong with the car? Uh-oh, I think it's broke. Look, that thing there is all swoped up. We, we got a pair of pliers and a screwdriver. We can find out. I think we should just start poking stuff. Oh, all right. All right. don't do that, folks. Tune into the Grease Gurus. Don't go to the emergency room. Go to the Grease Gurus and learn why your car might have stopped on the side of the road and what not to touch. On Saturday mornings <laughs> from 10 a.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Ouch, that hurt. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports. 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. Kids will try anything for kicks. A hopped-up car. An innocent girl. I, I don't want it to be like this. Hey, just don't play games with me. And maybe even murder. Just stand there, chicken. Don't move. They call him Duke. He uses girls the same way he uses cars for kicks. Get lost, Ernie. You think you can handle them? You're just a kid. You think I've never kissed a boy before? Is that what you want, to wind up in a motel room with any man? Oh, you think about it! to kill us, Peg. We've got to do business on their terms. No limit. No limit. No limit. Run him off the road, Duke. Run him off the road. Day and night, night and day, these kids will try anything for kicks. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, Lester, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our shows, don't forget to check out our podcast or archive page, where we have all 402, 403, some odd shows. You know what? We are coming up on our eight-year Actually, it's the beginning of our ninth year anniversary. Eighth year anniversary, ninth year anniversary. Well, let's see. We started in 2010. So let's see. 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. That's eight years. So, wow. That's a long time. We're doing good, though. we got some great guests for you. We've had some great guests for you, and we're going to have some even better guests in the future. So, And we're going to have a lot of guys to come back because uh, we have a lot of guests that, uh, you know, they just like talking about cars. And uh, they're kind of in the know. Like, for example, um... We're going to do this one little special episode, and we're going to have Lauren Fix back on because she's a real good friend of mine. I'm going to have Alan over here, and we're going to do some serious electric car slash Tesla bashing since we're not really into those kind of cars, and we think that's kind of fun. At any rate, eight. 
All right, I just got a text. Somebody just sent me a text that says, eight, duh. Okay, good. <laughs> and so we'll be going to our ninth year. So eight years. Eight years is pretty doggone good. Anyway, um, let's see. What we got going on this weekend? Well, there's not a lot of local stuff or not a lot of national stuff going on that we could attend. Last week was the uh, Porsche uh, event, the Porsche Swap Meet in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Unfortunately, I didn't get to that. And also, at the same time out west, they had Luftgekult, which is a air-cooled, translated from German. And they had a big Porsche show out there in uh, California. And it was put on by Rod Emery, who's also been a guest on our show. And I think Magnus Walker was there. And Mark Probanik, who's a Porsche slash Volkswagen bus uh, guy. He's out of Jacksonville, Florida. A real good friend of mine. So that was going on out there. Now, this weekend, um, let's just call it the Florida Car Show Minute. And in fact, uh, Google FloridaCarshows.com or FLACarshows.com, and you can find out where all the car shows are in the state of Florida. And let's see, the little, uh, excuse me, I slipped there. I slipped, I slipped. Okay. Um, this weekend up in Citrus County, and it's actually on FloridaCarshows.com, is the Citrus County Cars and Coffee at the Cattle Dog Cafe. That is the last Sunday of the month, each month. And uh, I went to that a couple months ago, and it was a pretty cool crowd. I think we had something like maybe 30, 35 cars. So it wasn't big, but it was a nice crowd. It was rather intimate. People got to talk and hang out. And it was a good mix of cars. We had vintage cars. We had some contemporary cars. We had some sports cars. In fact, we had one guy that showed up there, I think, with a 37, 38, 39, somewhere around in there, something between 20, or early 40s, Chevy, like a utility van slash military van. And I guess apparently that car had been in the guy's family for a long time because his dad, when he was in the service, actually rode in that and it was like, a, I believe, an MP vehicle, which would be military police. And, uh, and I think back then they may have, may have, don't hold, me, don't hold me to it, but they may have called those Suburbans or something like that. But at any rate, uh, so it was like a big pre-runner to the Chevrolet Suburban SUV. But anyway, it was four-wheel drive, sat up. I think it was a three-quarter ton, and it was partially wood, so it was kind of like a big, giant woody. But it was used, I believe, on military bases, and I think maybe in the islands or someplace to wherever we had bases in the South Pacific or something like that. So, But it was a relatively solid piece. So I guess evidently, as the story goes, when his father got out of the military, somehow he was able to acquire that, or down the road he acquired it. But anyway, this gentleman restored it. It was beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, and he restored it himself. So my hat's always off to the guys that have the talent. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're the most skilled person in the world, but I think if you just have a little bit of natural talent and some tenacity and some perseverance, you can do a pretty good job. Yesterday, for example, I was in um, in uh, Sarasota. But let me finish the car show minute here real quick. So this weekend at um, Philby Park is our annual British Tampa Bay British Car Show, Tampa British Tampa Bay British Car Club picnic. There, I said it right. And that is at Philippi Park. So that's this Saturday, and it starts at 10 o'clock. So if you have a British car and you would like to participate, you are welcome. And so they take uh, vintage cars, contemporary cars, just a real honest British car. You know, so you're welcome to show up. The British car guys, there's probably, I don't know, 50, 60 guys, 75 guys that show up there. Probably 30, 40 cars, 50 cars, something like that. Depends on who drove what, where, and when. Depends on the weather. Now, I recall a few years ago, Bobby and I went to that, and it was on a really hot, muggy, nasty day for some reason. And I don't remember what month it was. Expect a text here any minute. But at any rate, we got caught in the rain, and we were driving Miss Moneypenny, our 74 MGB GT. And, of course, we had bad wiper blades and no ventilation in the car, no defrost, no nothing. So pretty much had to drive down the road and hang your arm out and kind of, you know, MGB is a small car and kind of wipe the windows. We're going down the road, but then it got so bad. It got so fogged up because the rain was so hard. We had to close the windows. Otherwise we were going to get showered that we just ended up pulling over. And then once it dried or stopped, then we drove to Philippi Parkway. That was out there on Bayshore, Edgewater, whatever they call that road out there in Safety Harbor. And then what happened was we get there. Now it just rained. Okay. And this is, you know how it is here in Florida when it rains really, really hard and all of a sudden the humidity rolls in and everything starts cooking. And it was like sitting in a steam room. It was terrible. Even though we had fans there, it was probably the worst, probably one of the worst days we've ever had. We're all sitting there. We're all dying, but there's nothing you could do. Even though we were sitting in the shade, there was just absolutely no breeze. Had there been a breeze, it would have been fine. But at any rate, that was that. So uh, definitely, if you want to find out where all the car shows, check out Florida Car Shows, FLACarshows.com. Now, what's not 
on the FloridaCarshows.com website is the Walter Mitty, which is I screwed up. I thought it was last weekend, but it's actually this weekend. So that's at Road Atlanta. That's the Vintage Races, and it's put up by my good friends at HSR Historic Sports Car Racing. And I know a lot of people are going up there. And what's really cool is if any of you guys follow or read Bring a Trailer, which is kind of a cool website, and they used to just have some really cool cars and some features. Well, now they turned it into a little bit of an auction, so you can actually buy cars off uh, Bring a Trailer. But they got some pretty wicked stuff. Most of the stuff's out west. And in, in the Northwest, and there's some pretty solid cars, contrary to what everybody thinks. Northern California, obviously, Oregon and Washington State, Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, occasionally Texas. Good, clean cars, really good, clean cars. I mean, the only expense really is, you know, getting out there, checking them out, looking them over, you know, or and then, of course, the expense of getting back here in Florida. But you got some really cool cars out there. A lot of foreign stuff. I'm pretty impressed with what's out there. But you have to, you know, if you if you decide to take a trip out there and, and look yourself, you got to kind of scour the countryside, as they say. But anyway, those are a couple things going on. So you got the Walter Mitty, the British Car Show here in Philby Park and Citrus County up in Lacanto, Florida, uh, Car Show or uh, Cars and Coffee. So that's the 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 stuff that I know of that uh, I would either attend or would like to attend. How about I say that? So generally, the stuff that I talk about on the show are naturally shows that I either I either I e I that I either attend or that I like to attend, and then the rest of the stuff, just like I said, Google FloridaCarshows.com and you can find out all about it. Now, um, yesterday, if you as you guys know, um, the ones that tune in here all the time, the ones that know me on the street and stuff like that, I do diminished values, I do pre-purchase inspections, and I do appraisals on cars. Plus, I occasionally broker. Last couple of weeks, I uh, brokered a couple of cars. Um, we actually sold our 2005 Mustang GT convertible. Went bye-bye at the auction, and I sold a friend of mine's uh, 2006 Hummer H2. And um, yeah, it was kind of a feeding frenzy. Didn't get all the money, but we got decent money. The cars are gone. The money's banked, and everybody's happy. So if you need a car that you want to just make go away, I'm the guy you want to call to have that done for you. And uh, you know, within seven days, we'll have a check because there's a seven-day hold on the car they want to make sure the car is okay as represented so you know the buyer has seven day recourse that's kind of how it works at the auction so this was the Mannheim auction which i'm sure if you go down roosevelt boulevard and you go down there by the airport on the right side you see all those cars in that big parking lot over there that's an auction that's Mannheim. on the left side you have you see the coast guard planes and the airport and all this stuff and then the rest of it is uh you know you're driving out to almerton road there's a number of auctions around here, and uh, and I, I, I've got a different take on it. In the old days, I didn't mind going to the auctions because the auctions were pretty cool. You could actually buy stuff and get a decent deal, but uh, the players have changed. So it's not like the good old boy network. It's uh, There's a lot of foreigners there, and uh, they play by a different set of rules. So now it's kind of like buyer beware. Now, that's not to say that if you go to Tampa Auto Auction, Mannheim Auction, or if you go to Tampa Auction in Orlando – there's good cars, and if you buy cars with a couple of years old and still under warranty, you're in good shape. But when you're buying an older car, keep in mind, you're buying an old car. So I always tell everybody, just beware. The best car that you can buy, and I tell everybody this, buy the newest car that you can afford under a factory warranty or a certified pre-owned warranty. And uh, we're in the process of negotiating a car for a customer right now. It's a Ford Escape or a Ford Explorer or a Ford pickup truck or something like that, whatever they decide they want to buy. And the factory Ford CPO with a certified pre-owned cars is probably the best thing. It's almost as good as a factory warranty. You basically, when you buy a CPO car, you get an additional, from the date that you purchase the vehicle, a 12,000, 12-month warranty, whichever comes first. But you also have a 100,000-mile or two-year powertrain warranty. So that's a good thing. Hey, I think we're going to cue something up on the uh, turntable. We're going to play a little blues for you here. So you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. Here's a little smokehouse. And what's the title of this one? Something Black Cadillac in the Pond or Swamp? Cadillac in the Swamp. Cadillac in the Swamp. Hey, don't touch that dial. Tune in every week here on the Tantalk Radio Network. Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let's sit by the I saw a black Cadillac cruising real slow way down the swamps where men dare go. The women went down slowly. They said a show with no hands. 
This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Hi, this is Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. And yes, thank you, Shirley Muldowney. In fact, we've got to have her back on the show here soon. Anyway, back to uh, Mannheim. So um, I've been dealing with Mannheim probably since 1982. I like the auction. It's a good, clean auction. They, the service at Mannheim is exquisite. They just, they just do a great job. Mannheim goes out of their way to help their, their, their customers and their clients and people like us, us dealers and stuff, buyers or sellers. So they do a good job. And they have policies, and as long as you play by the rules, it's good. The issue that I have is the new players, as, of, as in the new dealers, the, the buyers and the sellers that are there. That's a little different crowd. So they have a little different mindset. And, again, it's always it, – it, keep in mind, no matter what you do, anytime you buy something – Buyer beware. You have to do your due diligence. You have to check things out. But Bantime's definitely a super, super operation. I mean, I really like those. Now, having said that, let's just talk a few minutes here about buying cars. We are in the last week of the month, and I always tell people when you buy a car, and I've even got to the point where unless I, I go to the auction and buy you a car that's under warranty so I feel comfortable and you feel comfortable, then – I'm not comfortable buying just any old car unless it's an older car because I have a feel for it. The newer cars with the computers and all kinds of electronics on it, it's, it's, it's really complicated because too much stuff can get skewed, and, and there's no really way to check it out unless you're a real computer wizard. You know? And, of course, the diagnostic fees are expensive. So the best thing to do, again, the newest car that you can afford, no matter what it is, under a factory 
or certified pre-owned warranty. A warranty, warranty, warranty. You'll hear me say that over and over and over and over. And then keep the car. And here's the other thing I learned at the auction. Cars that are in excess of 120,000 miles, 115,000 miles, that's kind of like the threshold. So you really need to make your cars go away at 85, 90,000 miles, where you still have a little warranty left. There's still a little life left and everything, and it looks pretty decent, and that's the magic number. Keep that in mind as well. So mileage is important because a lot of people, the values drop significantly. In fact, for every... 10,000 miles on a used car can go down a thousand bucks if it's a contemporary, you know, a modern, a modern car. So you got to be careful about that. But since it is a few days left in a month, if you're looking to get a decent deal, you've got it. And, and, and I know a lot of car dealers, a lot of franchise car dealers, but I'm just going to talk in general terms. You have to shop in them. So if you walk into a Ford dealership, a Chevrolet dealership, a Toyota dealership, or whatever kind of dealership, if there's one in Clearwater, if there's one in St. Pete, if there's one in Tampa, if there's one in Newport Ritchie, you go to each one of them. You walk in and you tell them what you're looking to buy. You look at the cars and you tell them, I'm in a buyer's mode but i'm looking okay i'm looking for the best deal that my budget will allow me so just be honest this is what my budget can allow me so then what happens is is you go look at the car you spend a little time with the salesman you test drive it, you look it over you compare the other cars at that particular dealership and then as you're walking out the door say well i still have a couple other dealerships i'd like to go look at be polite okay take the salesman's card and tell him to write his best number on the card so you have that as a reference so in other words if you're talking to jose or if you're talking to bill or if you're talking to bob or tom or ted say bill tom ted jose give me your best number and put it on your business card and then when i go to the other dealership i'm going to do the same and then whoever gives me the best deal will get my business that's how simple it is but you've got to work it don't let them pressure you because there's other cars there's little nuances the other thing i cannot overemphasize is look the cars over if you got a heavy foot don't be buying four cylinders you need to be buying six cylinders or turbos or something like that because if you buy that car and you sign up for it you know three four years five years six years seven year financing you're stuck with that car because it will depreciate they just do that's just a fact okay so you got to do your homework in fact one of these days what we'll do is we'll just go on a whole dissertation about buying cars and some of this stuff but i cannot overemphasize that um you know you've got to do your homework you do diligence you got to research the car all this stuff's available it's online you know look at the motors look at the engine options things like that features the more options on the vehicle the little bit more you will pay but the resale value on the car will be better cut rate cars cheap cars that are not loaded do not sell very well even trucks unless it's just a beater basic transportation and you're just trying to blow it out Anyway, I think it's about time to get one of our guests on this show. So what we're going to do is we're going to play another little bit of music for you, and then we're going to call our guests. And we should have a pretty cool, interesting uh, conversation here because we got a really cool guest who happens to be a celebrity TV person. So stick around. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Get out of here. 
from All Girls Garage and Barrett Jackson on Velocity, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thank you, Ms. Crystal Lee. Okay, it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening, this lady who's a super impressive car enthusiast, also happens to be one of the co-stars on the hit TV show, All Girls Garage. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Bogie. Bogie, how you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you know what? It worked out very, very well. You just happened to be in Tampa. We would love to have you in the studio, but tell us what's going on over in Tampa right now. Well, we're just uh, shooting a couple more episodes of All Girls Garage. Uh, We fly out here periodically to shoot those episodes, and they'll be coming at you in a couple of months. should see new ones up soon. Well, for our listeners now that uh, are kind of new to your program, when's the best time for them to uh, see the new episodes as well as some of the reruns? Absolutely. So Velocity Channel and Motor Trend On Demand are the homes of All Girls Garage. And new episodes will air pretty much every Saturday morning. Uh, Depends on what time zone you're in, but it is 8.30 in the morning on Arizona time. I believe it is 11.30 in the morning on Eastern time. Okay, very good. Now, speaking of Arizona, that's actually your home base, and I had the... uh, It is. The pleasure of uh, checking out your shop. You got a very clean shop. Why don't you go on and tell our guests a little bit, our excuse me, our listeners, a little about <laughs> who, who Bogie is and all about you. And then I want to go into segue then into that really cool car that you had at SEMA last year. So go ahead. Awesome. Yeah. So in a nutshell, um, I am a master technician. I've been a auto technician pretty much my entire adult life. I worked for BMW at a dealership level for a couple of years. I was master trained with them and um, worked at a dealership both in Long Island and then in uh, Arizona. And then in 2006, I uh, got the nerve up to quit my job and start my own shop and started out in my driveway, just wrenching on cars, just blow me in my driveway. Arizona heat, not so much fun in the summer, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, sl- slowly over the years grew it and built it to where I now have a staff of about eight, and an amazing team that that keeps the shop going and uh, does an amazing job while I'm off traveling and filming All Girls Garage, and I I do some shop management coaching, so I work with other shop owners helping them build their business, and yeah, have a lot of fun. I get to do lots of lots of neat stuff in the automotive industry. Now let me. See, when I was at your shop there in uh, Phoenix, it seemed to me that your entire staff comprises of ladies, <laughs> automotive enthusiasts, and uh, mechanics and technicians, right? We are not 100% female, but we are predominantly female. Okay. And that's not necessarily intentional. Uh, we do have one male technician. He's my shop foreman. Uh-huh. And uh, I've had other male employees throughout the years. It just so happens that right now he's the only one. 
<laughs> well, when did you make the transition? So are you from New York originally then, the Long Island area? I am, yeah. Okay, yeah, so born in Queens. Oh, wow. And then, so when did you make the transition to Arizona, and why Arizona? So I wound up in Arizona when I decided to go to technical school. So I had gone off to college, actually. Um, I moved to Ohio to go to college. I was thinking I was going to go and be a lawyer. And then when I got to the end of my undergrad and my advisor asked me why, you know, why I wanted to go to law school, I didn't have an answer. Mm. <laughs> I said, you know, I don't. I really miss working on cars and I miss working with my hands. So I'm, I'm going to go be a technician. And I didn't really know what to do or how to go about that. So I started doing my research, and I found this school called Universal Technical Institute. And they seemed pretty good from what I was reading online. And I, um, there were four campuses at the time and just kind of eliminated the cities that I didn't want to live in. And <laughs> I seemed to recall that Phoenix was kind of pretty. I was thinking about the Grand Canyon, which I had been to when I was like 12 years old. I was like, oh, yeah, Arizona's pretty. I'll go to Arizona. <laughs> and that was how that decision got made. I went to Arizona for for Universal Technical Institute, and then I I wound up staying. So <laughs> interesting, interesting. Well, I will tell you this: I was very impressed with your shop. It's very organized, and what I like is. It has a very deco style to it. It's very creative, very artistic. I mean, and, and tell us a little bit about yeah. your, your counter and some of the stuff that you have done. You've incorporated actually automotive parts in your theme a little bit with your with your office, right? Yeah. So it was really important to me in building a shop that we were making a space that was really comfortable for people. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want it to feel like auto repair because most people, if they're not car enthusiasts, they don't really like going to the auto mechanic. It's kind of like going to the dentist. It's like people's least favorite thing to do. So we wanted to create a shop where it was comfortable and inviting. So we've got this beautiful lobby, and we incorporated a lot of local artists into the space. Um, really a, a big supporter of, of local artists and local businesses. So the building, when we renovated it, we did a lot with reclaimed materials and working with local artists. Uh, we had a an artist friend of mine who's an amazingly talented woman named Christine Cassano. She built this really cool concrete countertop for us and embedded car parts into it. So there's like a valve body and a water pump and an oil pump and gears and clutches and all sorts of fun stuff embedded in the concrete. And then she did this really cool design over it um, with concrete stain and graphite and then clear coated over the whole thing so it's nice and protected. It's just a a gorgeous piece of art. Well, I was impressed with it. Now, there's some other stuff you got going on, too, on the walls. They incorporated some stuff, too, right? Yeah, so we have a little gallery in our space, and pretty much every three months we change out our local artists. And so it'll be just somebody from the community. Oftentimes it's artists who are just starting out and may not have a chance to be in a, a, a big, full-fledged, fancy gallery. And they'll do a little art opening, and we have wine and snacks, and people from the community come out to support the artists. And it's just a really good time. It's a fun way to to combine all of my different interests and to make the repair shop not just a place to fix your car, but really a a place that's for the community. And that was really important to me. Okay. So it's kind of an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now tell us how your position how you got involved with all girls garage because i think they've had a change in cast members over the years so tell us a little bit how you got involved with it yeah i've been involved with all girls garage since the beginning Uh, originally it was christy lee myself and jesse combs okay and then when jesse left um we got rachel and and we just adore her she's been a great addition to the team um and and it was a kind of an interesting thing how it came about i was just doing my thing turning wrenches and building my business And I had been approached by a couple of different television show producers who were looking to make female-focused automotive programming. But most of them were looking to do the drama, right? They wanted to put a whole bunch of women living in a house together, and then we were going to open up our own repair shop. I'm like, "Mm, you want drama. I'm not down for that. (laughs) And so when my current production company reached out, I almost hung up on them. (laughs) I was not interested. I'm like, I'm not doing a drama show. And they're like, no, 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 this is not drama. This is educational. It's DIY. It's meant to be really for people who like cars and want to learn about them. And so I gave them a chance. I came out, did an audition, and 
I guess they liked me because they've kept me around for a little bit now. We're going into our seventh season, or we're in our seventh season, I should say. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So seven years. It's crazy. I can't believe how, how fast time has flown. That's incredible. Now, let me ask you this. How is it that you went to BMW? You could have gone to Ford. You could have gone to Chevrolet. You could have gone to anything, any other mark. But BMW was kind of like the one that you kind of gravitated to. Tell us how that came about. Yeah, so kind of a couple of different reasons. One, when I got out of tech school, it was it was really hard to find a job. Uh, I kind of had three strikes against me. One, I was a newbie. I didn't have any experience, and, and a lot of shops don't like hiring newbies. And I was young, and I was a female. And so I had three strikes, and I probably went to 20 interviews before somebody finally gave me a chance and and it was kind of begrudgingly that that this guy gave me a chance but uh, it happened to be a bmw specialty shop and i started to to like them and and get the feel for them and then the opportunity came up to apply for the bmw graduate program and in my mind i kind of felt like if i was getting all of this resistance to becoming a technician and, and getting opportunity I wanted to be able to have as many credentials behind my name as possible. So I wanted to be able to walk into a place and say, I'm a BMW master technician, because I felt like that carried some weight to it. It did. It does. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so that was kind of the appeal of BMW. I fell in love with BMWs kind of after the fact, but really it came about as me wanting to be taken seriously in the trades and that... I really wanted this. I, I wanted to do this professionally, and it wasn't just, you know, something for grins and giggles. The, uh, the, so then you worked at one of the local BMW dealerships there in, in Phoenix and Scottsdale area? Well, I actually wound up going back to the East Coast for BMW school. They, they offered the STEP program, BMW STEP is, uh, is what they call it. They offer it in Phoenix, but they also offered it very close to my hometown in New Jersey where my family still lived. Mm -hmm. So I wound up going all the way back to the East Coast, went to the NW school there, and then I worked briefly at Manhattan BMW, which mm. was just, it was too big for me. It was a huge place. And I then wound up going to a smaller dealership in Long Island called Hassel BMW. I worked there for three and a half years, I think. And then cost of living, New York, man, is a rough place to live. So I wound up back in Arizona for the cost of living and the opportunities that, that it held for me. So wound up working for North Scottsdale BMW and, and uh, doing that for about three years before I started the shop. Oh, uh, that's a Penske store, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah you've done your homework. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where they have, when we go out there in Scottsdale in January, at uh, Penske, the Penske Museum's right there. So we have the yeah. big Haggerty thing and all that. Yeah. Yep. Yep, so, absolutely. And then I always go in there, since I'm a Porsche guy, I always pester the guys. Uh, actually, I think his name is uh, Dave Zolato, I think is his name. He's okay. a sales manager for North Scottsdale Porsche. So him and I have become okay. friends over the last four or five years. So that's cool. Now, let me ask you this. When so, I, you want to hear a funny story real quick Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love so Porsche stories. So I wanted stories. to go to Porsche. Yeah? I wanted to go to Porsche. That was my first choice because in my brain, Porsche was even more prestigious than BMW was. And I don't know, I'm sure things have changed since then, but the guy who was the service manager at North Scottsdale Porsche had offered to hire me when I got out of the, the Porsche program if I could get into it. He put in a good word for me. I interviewed, I had all of the marks, I had all of the everything, and they didn't let me in. And my understanding is at that point they had yet to have a woman in their program. Really? So I don't know if that's changed, and I don't know if that's why I didn't get accepted, but... Let me ask you this. So, <laughs> okay. So how does that work? So will you find out about the BMW training program? Do you find out that through the school? Or where, if people want to find out about that in general, how did you find out about it? And how did you find out about the Porsche yeah. training? I found out about it through Universal Technical Institute. Okay. And I think you can get into the programs if you go to other technical schools. However, most of them have a pretty tight relationship with UTI. And so I, I believe it's a lot easier to get into them if you've already gone to UTI, because they kind of funnel them from UTI into these, they call them graduate programs. So there's there's Porsche, I think it's called PTAP, and then there's BMW Step and Ford Fact, and 
Audi's got a program and Jag's got a program and they all have their little graduate um, programs. And it's a really neat opportunity, actually, for somebody trying to get their foot in the door and get their start in the industry. Because, you know, you go to your, your basic technical school and it's kind of like getting your undergrad degree. And you get a lot of great general knowledge and book smarts. But then you go into these graduate programs. If you get in, they're free for you. At least they were when I went. I don't don't quote me on that. But when I went, it was free for me. And then basically a dealership would buy me out of the program once I graduated. So they would pay for my training, and then they got me for a contracted amount of time as a technician who had gone through all of this this factory training. So it's kind of a neat way to accelerate your career and get get your foot in the door at a higher level. That's interesting. We've never we've never actually had that topic discussed on our show. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. No, that's good. That's good. Um, that's very good. Yeah, because you know you, we're trying to get younger people involved in the industry Absolutely. because what happens is it's just like in your case. You work for a dealership for a while. You got good. You got experience. Now you went on your own, and then eventually it leads to something really really cool like that vehicle that you had at SEMA last year when we first <laughs> met. So let's talk about something that's really cool your truck <laughs> thank you um where shall i begin how did so, how the idea the concept begin yeah it kind of started out really small i had this idea that i've always loved old pickup trucks i've been a huge fan of them for, for as long as i can remember and but i've always been the bmw girl and it was kind of my reputation was a bmw technician and a euro european car technician so like if i'm gonna do something with an old truck i need to find some way to make this into a bmw something too i gotta merge these two so i got this harebrained idea that i was going to take a bmw m5 engine and put it in an old 57 chevy pickup truck that's a serious drive line (laughs) i know and and people are on they're on one side of the fence or the other about it right 50 percent of the people are like, that is so freaking cool. I love it. And yes. And 50% of people are like, how dare you? That's sacrilegious. No, I think <laughs> it's cool. Which is part of the fun, of yes. course. Yes. <laughs> but then I also wanted to kind of use it as an opportunity to bring together some of my female friends that I've met in the industry throughout the years. And, you know, let's work on a project together and it'll be kind of fun. And I was kind of thinking this was going to be a long-term project. We'd work on it a little bit here and there. Well, Word started getting out that it was happening, and it became something so much bigger. Uh, We wound up getting contacted by BASF. They became a huge partner in the build and had us uh, in the booth at SEMA with them, which was just amazing. To be in the same booth as people like Ring Brothers and Chip Foose and Goolsby, I mean, it was amazing to be right next to those guys because I don't see myself anywhere near in their league. But we... um, we wound up making it into this thing, which was all about shining a light on women in the trades, whether it was welding, fabricating, painting, collision, you name it. Um, we had women from all over the country who got together to work on this build. And then we also made it into a bit of a training opportunity to help invite new people in. Because like you said, we've got a massive shortage of, of tradespeople, especially in the automotive industry. So about 30% of the women who worked on the truck had never worked on a car before. Turned a wrench, used a welder, anything, right? So it was a really neat thing. We took 10 months, and over the course of the 10 months, 90 women came down to Phoenix to participate in it in one way or another. Some came for a couple of days. Some came for a month. Um, At any given time, we had about five or six women working on it. And it was an insane, insane project. It was the best, worst thing I've ever done in my life. It was, <laughs> um, it was stressful, and it was horrible, and but it was the most amazing, amazing thing, and so many wonderful stories and friendships, and we created this tribe of, of us goofy car girls. <laughs> A tribe, I like really that. <laughs> yeah. It has been. It's our little car girl tribe, and it's crazy because we're a unique breed. <laughs> and, and most of us are used to being alone, like we've never met anybody else like us. And and then we meet each other, and we're like, oh, my God, there's somebody else like me out there. <laughs> we form this instant friendship and, and sisterhood. It was a pretty phenomenal, life-changing experience for a lot of the women who are involved in the build, myself included. Well, it's a fraternity now, see? 
In a or way. sorority. Or sorority, excuse <laughs> me. That's right. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, now go on a little bit about the car, because the truck, because I've got to tell you, I mean, to be able to get into BASF, just like you said, with Ring Brothers and, and Chip and everybody, that your car was absolutely outstanding. I was amazed at the amount of people that wanted to take pictures that were impressed with it, and it was a it, it was, and there was talk. There was talk about yeah. that. People, especially now, I'm a Ford guy, so I resent any time <laughs> I see a Chevrolet under the hood of a Ford. But you took a Chevrolet and you put a BMW driveline, and not just any <laughs> driveline. We're talking an Impact M M M5, which is 400 plus yep. horsepower. You did yep. that. It was. Bogey, it was outstanding. It was incredible. Well, Beautiful. thank you. I appreciate that. It was definitely a challenge. Um, not the most practical engine swap out there, but we wanted the challenge. We wanted to see if it could be done. And we wanted to get people talking, and that's kind of a fun way to do that. But the, the truck itself uh, was a junker. It was in horrible, horrible condition. It probably should have gone to the junkyard. Um it was not the best candidate for a restoration, to say the least, but we dug in anyway. We wound up having to replace about three-quarters of the sheet metal on this thing. Um, so all of the fabrication, all of the welding, all of the body work was all done by the team. Uh, we wound up mixing a custom paint color, which was kind of fun. We worked with BASF and made three custom colors, and then we let the fans vote. So it was not actually my choice. I loved the color. I was super happy with the with with which color won, but um, it's this beautiful teal, deep teal color, very dynamic, and it was fan voted on, so that was kind of fun. We didn't unveil it until SEMA, and we just kept the truck real streamlined, kind of minimalist, sleek. I wanted to kind of go mid-century modern almost with it. Um, very subtle changes. We got rid of the drip rail. Um, we just cleaned up a lot of the lines, lowered it a little bit. Uh, put it on an Art Morrison chassis. It fits beautifully. Just a lot of subtle things that really change the overall look of the truck without being a complete custom job, other than the engine, of course. <laughs> well, the stance was really cool. Let's just use the term bitching. It really was. But now you just you just <laughs> touched on something a second ago. we got a few minutes left. You used the term a mid-century modern look. Define that in the car because I'm a mid-century modernist fanatic. I love mid-century okay. architecture. Okay, so tell me, explain that to me or our listeners well, and everybody. For me, for me mid-century modern is just very minimalist and clean, um, smooth lines. And I, I don't know. It's hard to explain the aesthetic of it. I'm not – you might do a better job explaining mid-century modern if you're a mid-century modern fan. But there's just something specific about that style, which is almost a little, it's industrial a yes. little bit, but very clean. And that, that was really the look that we were going for. So there's no chrome on the truck. It's anything that would be chrome is kind of a satin um, gray, deep gray. And it's just clean. There's no bling. There's no shiny. There's no metallic or pearl. It's a solid, clean color. And everything matte accent the inside of the cab is the same color as the outside but it's matte same with the engine compartment um the wood paneling in the bed was meticulously sanded and stained and almost looks like fake wood um, but it's got like a gray to it as well so kind of just very muted and industrial and clean very understated yeah and i guess another word that people use nowadays i'm not a big fan of this word but they say organic now i like the word a little honest mm -hmm. better you know but you know i mean it's just kind of like when, when i say organic i mean it's kind of like you like using natural materials you know what i mean and your mm -hmm. car had that look it was just so clean and i gotta tell you i was totally impressed with it and Thank i don't you. know if you can do this in a minute but the electronics it had to be a challenge to get that motor transmission and all that stuff the driveline to work what did you do for wire electrical and wire harness yeah it was a challenge i'm not gonna lie we definitely faced some obstacles but in the end we wound up working with a company called dta fast they're a british company and they mostly make standalone control modules for race applications mm -hmm. so very common for them to deal with engine swaps and weird things and so basically we did a american auto wire harness for the rest of the truck and then the DTA fast module, uh, one module for the main engine controls, and then one module for the um, independent throttle bodies and drive-by wire. 
and then a flying lead harness, and then just had to wire everything up and then program the modules to what they were looking for, where, and get it dialed in. So it had some challenges, for sure. (laughs) So the motor and transmission of BMW, what about the rear end? Rear end is Ford 9-inch. Okay, it's Ford 9-inch. this truck is definitely, it's called the Chevy Montage because of how many people worked on it, but also because of how many weird parts and pieces there are in this thing. It's got a, a Ford power steering rack, a Mini Cooper power steering pump, a BMW engine and transmission, custom drive shaft, Ford 9-inch, and there's just all sorts of goofy stuff in this thing. So, If, if my <laughs> listeners want to find out and take a look at that car that haven't seen it yet, your truck, um, Chevy Montage, where would they go about finding it? Um, probably social media is the best to check out my social media, Instagram and Facebook is at bogey's garage. You can see a little bit of it on my website, which is bogeysgarage.com. And then we do have a couple of videos up on YouTube. Also bogey's garage. Um, BASF has some stuff on it on their website as well. And if you just Google Chevy montage, you'll find all sorts of stuff about it. Wow. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and plug the TV show one more time too? Yeah, absolutely. Make sure on Saturday yes. if you tune in. We've got new episodes coming at you most of the next couple of weeks. Um, All Girls Garage on Velocity Channel, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Super. Velocity. Wow, that's where all the action is, all the car stuff. Yeah. And now on Motor Trend On Demand, you can watch all of the episodes. You paid subscription to get in there, but once you're in, you can watch all of the All Girls Garage episodes all the way back to season one. Super. So, are you going to bring? And I think we got about twenty seconds left. I think you're going to, or are you going to bring anything really wicked to surprise us at SEMA this year? Probably not this year, but 2019, we are definitely committed. We'll be bringing something fun, another all-female build. Okay. Well, we look forward to. It. Well, Bogey, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here. Uh, nostalgic thank you. cars, yes, and uh, certainly next time I'm out in Scottsdale, which is usually once a year for sure, and then of course SEMA, we'll see you out there. And again, I want to thank you very much. Uh, all the best and the most success that you guys can can have and fun on uh, on your TV show, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Awesome, sounds good. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Okay, thank you. Hey, I want to Bye. thank uh, Bogey. One of the co-stars of All Girls Garage for coming on our show this evening. In the meantime, thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget, every Tuesday night here on the Tantalk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter. Follow us. Tell your friends. Want to know where the car shows are? Definitely check out FloridaCarshows.com. Don't forget, All Girls Garage. And, hey, there's a whole bunch of other shows that are on that station, too. So check out every show, every car show on the Velocity Channel. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. FM 106.1 WCF Dade City, Tampa Bay WZHR Zephyr Hills FM 104.3 Listen